Thanks for listening to this episode of Screen Facts with Jason Davis, your movie trivia and discussion podcast. Please don't forget to like the Facebook page, facebook.com slash screenfacts. Let us know if you have any questions or comments. You can also tweet me at Jason Davis Voice or email screenfacts at yahoo.com. Please subscribe for free in the iTunes store to automatically get new episodes every Wednesday. And by the way, we're also available now on Google Play Music on your mobile device. Joining me for this episode of the podcast is my good pal, the Blazer, Brian Berkowitz, attorney at law. <laughs> hey, how's it going? <laughs> and uh, very appropriate that uh, attorney at law is with me for this episode, because uh, we're going to talk about a movie that is all about attorneys. At law? Yeah. A Few Good Men. Nice. So we chose this movie because it's written by one of your favorite writers. Correct. Aaron Sorkin, um, super genius. We're talking West Wing, Sports Night, Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, The Newsroom, a Facebook movie that was called The Social, Social, ne- Network. Social Network. But mostly I am obsessed with The West Wing. When I say I'm obsessed with it, <laughs> I watch it over and over and over again. And the genius of Aaron Sorkin, the dialogue, the way he puts things forth, the accuracy is amazing. Also, The American President was mm-hmm. a movie he wrote. I like this movie. I remember seeing it in the movie theater. I think it might have even been the Aaron Sorkin benchmark. This is really, I think, what put him on the map. I believe this was his first screenplay. Right. He had written the Broadway play, which was extremely successful. Mm-hmm. And then he also had written the screenplay for this movie. Okay, yeah. The movie was originally released December 11th, 1992, directed by the great Rob Reiner, who, who's who got a resume also a mile long of amazing movies. The Meathead? Yeah, The did, Meathead. Did we do a movie with The Meathead already? Well, I did Spinal Tap with my brother. Right, 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 right. He's done so many great movies, but he obviously chooses great source material. Absolutely. And I know that we're going to be talking about more of his movies on the podcast for sure. The movie stars Tom Cruise, Jack Nicholson, Demi Moore, Kevin Bacon, Kiefer Sutherland, and Kevin Pollack, who's also fantastic. In Always. Movie. He's great and a brilliant impressionist. Estimated budget of $40 million, domestic gross of $141.3 million, and worldwide gross of $243.2 million. A pretty successful movie for a real courtroom drama kind of thing. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. I was thinking back recently. When I was younger, a friend of mine's father took us to see the Kane Mutiny Court Martial on Broadway. And I don't know if that indirectly or whatnot, but I was so moved by that. I think that might have planted a seed in the back of my mind to become a lawyer. Okay. I actually like a good legal movie, even though my entire life decision. My background is I'm a former prosecutor like Kevin Bacon was here. Now I'm a criminal defense attorney, much like our dream team in this movie. And um, I don't know if I've given this a serious watch since I've been an Aaron Sorkin fan and since I've been an attorney. I know I saw it in the movies when it came out, must have been 92 or 93, but I kind of um, opened my lawyer eyes and watched the movie. Didn't override my thoughts on it. I wasn't spending so much time being a lawyer watching it, but a lot of the stuff in the courtroom would never happen. But if you really had to you know, watch what was happening in the courtroom, nobody would watch the movie. It'd be so boring. Most cases are somebody stole something, somebody drove drunk. And, you know, the trial of the century and O.J. Simpson or the fictional one here, which is actually based in fact a bit, right? Mm-hmm. Based in fact on Aaron Sorkin's sister, right? Yeah. His sister was a JAG attorney on a case that inspired this movie, an actual code red at Guantanamo Bay. She told uh, Aaron Sorkin the facts of that case or, or the story of that case, and he kind of built the script around that. He's got a really sharp wit in his writing and a, and a really, you know, the dialogue is great. It's just really, really well written. It's great. All so of his stuff. He's also got a great 
pace. You know, in the West Wing, mm-hmm. they talk about, they do the walk and talk where there's single camera shots and mm-hmm. one take of people walking. And that's a, that's been a big thing. And I don't know if it was this movie or another one where they said the walk and talk was actually invented in this. Yeah, Rob Reiner uh, kind of felt that it would be very static and very boring. He actually suggested that they do that walk down the hallway sort of thing just to give it a little bit more movement and action. And it works. At any rate, it's good that you were able to disconnect yourself as a lawyer when you were watching it and just enjoy it as a movie. A couple times in my mind objected before they objected knowing, you okay. know, maybe I knew, maybe I didn't, but it just seemed something I would object over. Okay. The climax of the movie is Tom Cruise trying to get Jack Nicholson to admit that he ordered the code red because if he gets him to admit that, that's the case because Absolutely. he has, because he doesn't have any kind of a defense other than the roll of the dice trying to get Jack Nicholson to admit that. And he feels like he can get him to do that because Nicholson is this, you know, diehard Marine that's really proud of, like, disciplining these soldiers and all that. Would you ever go into a courtroom as a lawyer? You're a defense attorney, so it's different for you. Well, but I was a prosecutor also. Okay. But so you, is it safe to say that you would never use that approach when when practicing law? You know, here's the problem. A lot of things they taught you in law school, sometimes I think they teach you because they think it's the right thing to teach you. But one of the things I try to live by is never ask a question you don't know the answer to. Now, the character was set up enough where I agree nobody, you know, tells him what to do. He is he was the the king of Cuba basically for, on Guantanamo. Colonel Bay. Jessup, you're talking Absolutely. about. Absolutely. Okay. And I think that if you're gonna look at fiction and try and move it into fact, the information we have is this guy was an egomaniac mm-hmm. when he said that, you know, Santiago's death while tragic may have saved lives. Mm-hmm. I'm not condoning anything, but if you're thinking about it, in the military, obviously what Tom Cruise says, come on, that's not a real order. There's real orders on here. But there is something to be said, as, as, as he said, you know, it's a brotherhood and there's a respect. And I mean, I'm grateful to our veterans and our fighting force. And there is something to be said about military and rules. You can't just look at this movie and say, he's wrong and they're right. Somewhere between that lies the you know the sweet spot the truth the things we needed on it so maybe in a hundred or ninety nine out of a hundred situations Colonel Jessup's the way he handled things was perfect mm-hmm. you know this one obviously ended poorly right there's a scene in the in the movie where Tom Cruise confronts Kevin Pollack or or Demi Moore does maybe and says you know why do you hate him so much because he beat up on a weak kid right. you know he was a bully sort of thing Demi Moore presents the other side of that argument right and it says um, why do you like them so much because they stand on a wall and they say not on my watch right exactly and, and it's funny I think using that term not on my watch is something I've taken from this yeah, also yeah I think but, we all say that right? right but I got the chills repeating that right now I mean really if you want to talk about dialogue and everything being amazing yeah. that's outstanding yeah I mean you know we it's hard to really understand the, the way people in the military think because we're not there these guys, they're in the trenches, sometimes literally, and it's probably very intense. And, and if you can't count on your fellow soldiers to have your back, you're kind of in trouble. No, so. you're, you're, you're right. Also, there's no room for Monday morning quarterbacking yeah. on this. And what did he say? If you ever asked a man to, to, you know, to put your life in his hand and ask you to do the same on it, I mean, it really, right. uh, you know, the core principles of honor and code and all these other things and experimenting and looking at the fringes of it, what's in between, really made for a great movie here and made you also, you know, as much as you didn't like them, appreciate the military and the sacrifice that these guys are doing. Oh, absolutely. And of course, this episode, you're hearing this right after Memorial Day. So I don't think we can express enough gratitude every day to veterans and people who have given their lives for our country. 
A Few Good Men was nominated for Best Picture, Best Supporting Actor, Best Sound, and Best Film Editing at the Oscars. It also received Golden Globe nominations for Best Drama, Best Actor for Tom Cruise, Best Supporting Actor for Nicholson, Best Director, and Best Screenplay. So it was nominated for a whole bunch of awards. Ranked number five on the American Film Institute's list of the ten greatest films in the genre courtroom drama. We're watching the movie, and in the beginning of the movie... You kind of hate Tom Cruise's character, don't you? I don't know if I hate him, but he's he's really kind of douchey, though. He's a little bit of like a, I mean, it was what a fort, you know, that he's just kind of. It seems like everything falls his way. He's got right. the great life. You know, I'm picturing I'm in the if I'm in the military, I'm not going to have that amazing life. He's playing softball and he's best <laughs> yeah. friends with everybody. I mean, it really uh, it's not what I picture when I picture the military. Right. He just comes off as very cocky and cavalier in the beginning. But then once he decides that he's not going to try and and get a plea deal, he's going to go to court. Until this point in the movie, the character has only done plea deals. It's interesting also, two things. One, he said, so this is what a courtroom looks like. And the other thing is, I think we did the math that maybe he was nine months to a year out of law school. I forgot. Yeah, I think he says that at at some point. You can't picture a scenario where they would give that much responsibility to someone who does that. Although the military, maybe it's sink or swim. And we think we knew they wanted him because they said it's going to be a quick plea. And the things that they don't want coming out in the wash by a quick plea would never see that happen. I think they also may have assigned him to the case because maybe they wanted these two guys to go away. They really weren't concerned about them getting off because nobody wanted to see Jessup go down because he's this respected guy. There's a funny thing in the movie, a great line where he meets the one guy's aunt. Oh, Aunt Jenny? Yeah, Aunt Jenny. And he's like, oh, you're not how I pictured you. I pictured you to be a little bit older. And she goes, that's funny. Uh, You too. Right, (laughs) right. So another thing too, they assign Tom Cruise's character when probably the person who seems more invested in the case and maybe has more experience is Joe Galloway, Demi Moore's character. Absolutely. Um, Do you think there's a little bit of a, a gender bias there? I noticed this with the movie Absolutely. But also, if you if you looked at her, she was more the brains and he was the courtroom muscle. In other words, she seemed to be able to do all the behind the scenes stuff. She was the detail oriented. Remember, she was the one who said originally, I think this was a code red. Mm-hmm. You know, without without her getting involved in this, this was just another case that he was going to defend. What I did notice, and I think what we've noticed in a lot of movies that we've talked about is the lack of what we'd call today political correctness in the movie. Talking about Jack Nicholson humiliating her, in my right. opinion, uh, when they were eating lunch in Cuba, mm-hmm. making rude sexual innuendos to her. Right. I mean, you would never see that today. You know, She probably would have had her iPhone recording all that, and he, right. he would have been brought up on charges for that. And you know, when you got an old school guy like Jack Nicholson's character, even nowadays, there's probably old school thinkers like that. I'm not a huge fan of most political correctness, especially if it's overdone. Uh, But I do think that there should be gender equality. 100%. Uh, Pay, respect. At this point in our society, nobody should be going, a man can do that better than a woman. I agree with you. I I think it should should be, and I'm hoping... It's a non-issue. You know, we'll find out. My daughters are nine and four years old. I'd like to see them, when they reach adulthood, this to be a complete non-issue for them. Yeah, that would be great. You know, there's an interesting uh, little side note to this. Uh, An unnamed executive gave Aaron Sorkin a note saying, if Tom Cruise and Demi Moore aren't going to sleep with each other, why is Demi Moore's character a woman? Sorkin responded, women have purposes other than to sleep with Tom Cruise. And he claimed the incident was uh, his worst experience as a screenwriter. And I can imagine that would be the case. Well, you know, it's interesting with Aaron Sorkin. He is notorious for strong female characters. And maybe you think about that. He had a mm-hmm. sister who was a prominent Jag Corps attorney. Mm-hmm. Galloway was a strong character. On Absolutely. She, she, leaned, she leaned on Tom Cruise. But the moments of strength and confidence that we saw in her were outstanding. And, you know, The West Wing, all these other shows, strong, powerful 
female leads or just strong leads that are played by women. Absolutely. Um, so I think that is very typical Aaron Sorkin to say what a ridiculous comment that unnamed executive was. The cool thing about Kathy and Galloway, Demi Moore and Tom Cruise's characters, is they kind of bring out the best in each other. Yeah, 100%. When they're out eating crabs at dinner, mm -hmm. and he says to her, why are you always giving me your resume? And yeah. she says, I want you to think I'm a good lawyer. And he says, I do think you're a good lawyer. And she says, I think you're an exceptional lawyer. Mm. I mean, there was clearly some flirting going on back and bit, forth yeah. on there. She definitely liked him. So the title of the play and film came from a long-running recruiting campaign for the U.S. Marine Corps. We're looking for a few good men. I remember that. I'm old enough to remember you know those what, commercials. You know what, me too, but it's interesting enough. In 2016, mm -hmm. would the Marine Corps have a uh, recruitment campaign saying we're looking for a few good men? No, and that's probably why they changed it long before 2016. The campaign, and it's probably the one they're still using now, the few, the proud, the Marines, because that's all-inclusive. So there's a, a real cool thing in the movie, too, where Tom Cruise, Kevin Pollack, and Demi Moore are at Tom Cruise's place, and they're talking about the case, and they're trying to figure out their approach to how they're going to put Jessup on the stand and all that. And then at some point, Tom Cruise breaks into sort of a Jack Nicholson impression of as Colonel Jessup. Yep. Not in the script. Right. Or he did it, he did it spontaneously. Yeah. And it's kind of cool in that scene. You see Demi Moore and Kevin Pollack kind of smile like they weren't expecting him to do that. And they, they actually, it was a real reaction, which is kind of neat. What I did find interesting also, kind of jumping around a little bit, you know, I appeared in front of some fantastic judges, most of whom you're glad to respect on it. And the fact of seeing Jack Nicholson's character being disrespectful to the judge, it bothered me a lot. And obviously it bothered the judge. You can call yeah. me judge or your yeah. honor. I believe I've earned it, right? Yeah, love that. Me too. Again, great writing. Very, very... Because, you know, Nicholson is walking around like his shit doesn't stink. And, you know, he's more important than anybody because he guards that wall. You know, you want me on that wall. You need me on that wall, you know. You know, I love when he says to him... Why didn't he make a phone call or pack a bag? I don't know the mindset of one Santiago. Maybe he liked to pack in the morning. Maybe he didn't have any friends. <laughs> he was an early riser, yeah. yeah. A couple of notes about the movie that I think are interesting. The word sir is used 164 times during the movie. It's an average of once every 50 seconds. Wow. Yeah, which makes sense of military movie. The big scene, the you can't handle the truth scene, was voted as the number 29 movie quote by the American Film Institute out of 100. And that's a super, super intense scene for Jack Nicholson. I mean, the energy and, and he sucks you right in. It's, it's amazing, the performance. He also got $5 million for that role. Did you know yeah, that? For yeah. Ten, for 10 days work. Yeah. Well. And, and I think if you read it, they, he gave an extra day for free because they weren't finished. Yeah. And he said this was probably the, the one time that it was worth it, the investment. Oh, I'm compared sure. Compared to some of the other movies that he got paid well, a that's, lot for. Well, that's a very similar role to Marlon Brando and Superman. Right. You, you really, really needed that main character to be over the top and had to be, you know, I, I don't want to make a joking comparison, but the same way that ACDC was afraid they were going to lose all their money, so they had to bring in Axl Rose. It's <laughs> an just interesting. Saying, uh... Yeah, it, it's the same thing. You had to bring, you have to bring in the guaranteed best of the best. And I'm not sure. saying Axl Rose is the best of the best at all, but but I'm he's going to get people to come to the show. People shows. are going to sure. come see it. He does the curiosity factor. So the same reason, the five million dollars, because Demi Moore got two million dollars. Mm -hmm. I think her asking was three, and she was going against a lot of very A-list actresses for it. And, you know, she was eight months pregnant during That's this. That's amazing. 
you really can't tell. We've seen TV shows and stuff. Yeah. When they when they hide a pregnancy on it, and yeah, um, yeah the fact that she was eight months pregnant. Eight months. Like, it's hard. Probably a lot harder to hide than like two months. Yeah. You know? it was, no, it was it was it was definitely interesting. But she, you know, she's a fantastic actress. She know? is. But so Nicholson in that scene, when they shoot a movie, I would imagine most people know how this works. They shoot the scene a number of times because they get coverage of different angles. They they shoot to get reactions from different actors and different lighting and all that kind of stuff. They shot that scene several times to get the reaction shots from the other cast members. But Nicholson, every single time, did the scene with the same intensity so the other actors would have that intensity to play off of for the reactions. That's a pro right there. Yeah, I mean, look, he is probably one of the best actors ever. He's amazing. If you ask me who one of my favorite actors is, I wouldn't even think Jack Nicholson, but as good as it gets... Yeah. The Shining. You know, he was a great he, he Joker. He brings something magical to everything he's in. Even if it's a small role like this, he's in a total of four scenes in the entire film. The last one is 21 minutes. So his total screen time in this movie is probably maybe 45 minutes to an hour, if that. You were talking about Marlon Brando and Superman. Again, cast because he's this huge name, paid an enormous amount of money for very little work. I don't think you can compare the two in terms of the performance, though. I mean, listen, this movie without Nicholson in this role... I'm with you 100%. I think history looking back at, what, 1978, mm-hmm. Superman the movie? Yeah. That movie did not make a break on Marlon Brando in it. Right. In, in, in fact, he, he was great in it, but I have to say... Not memorable. You want to talk Christopher Reeve? Memorable Superman. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think, I think, like you said, it's sort of a throwaway. I mean, you know, he's only the name recognition more than anything else. In this movie, Nicholson is not only the name recognition, but he's also a big part of why the movie is so amazing. Yeah, I don't think anybody else could have played that role. Yeah, and not even just the, the courtroom scene. I mean, every scene that Nicholson is in in this movie, he's great. Yeah, I, I agree. Fantastic. Let's talk about Markinson for a second. Yeah. J.T. Walsh, Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Andrew Markinson. Yeah. He um, was fantastic, but I love when Jack Nicholson basically says, hey, we came up together. I moved to the ranks quicker than you are, and you know if that bothers you, I'm sorry, but you know, basically, fuck you, I'm in charge. Yeah. Well, he's, he's mad at him because he questioned his authority a little bit in front of Kiefer Sutherland's Correct. character. Kiefer Sutherland was excellent in this, Very too. good, too. A, little, a nice little cameo from Cuba Gooding Jr. Well, that's as well. I, that's what I wanted to talk to you about, the, le- the lesser-known roles. So... You know, this movie has, I've read a lot about it over the years, and they say one of the smartest casting decisions by the person who took the role in this was Kevin Bacon, that this was career-defining for him because I think he was a B-list leading man. I don't, I don't mean to take anything away from Kevin Bacon. Who I think, by the way, is a phenomenal actor. Me, me too, 100%, but he wasn't, those movies weren't firing on all cylinders. So when he took a step back, because at this point, Kevin Bacon was a big deal in 1992 and before. And yeah, I, I mean, he had Footloose, which was a huge movie for him. But I, I think it was probably, there weren't a lot of people that were taking him as serious as an actor because Correct. of that, because it's sort of a fluffy role a little bit. Because this re- this role really was a, um, I mean, this was a, this was a I hate to say, it, it, was, it could have been a B-list role on it, but mm-hmm. I think him taking this role that, you want to talk about Oscar worthy, he was phenomenal on there. I thought he was great. And by the way, a hub to the Kevin Bacon game, this movie. Oh, yeah, huge. It's great. When I was in law school, I took a civil procedure class. It was one of those classes teaches you about the ways filing lawsuits and things that could be done in it. And of course, being the ever astute law student, I sat next to this girl, Carissa. Instead of paying attention to class, we used to play what we called Back to Bacon. And we'd, <laughs> and we'd make these lists. And right before we graduated, she went up to me. She said, you know, I was digging through my old notebooks. And I can't tell you how many pages of you and I playing Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon that we used to do in it. But he was fantastic. We talked about Cuba Gooding who later will be in Jerry Maguire with mm-hmm. Tom Cruise. But how about Noah Weil? 
Dr. Yeah, no, no, Wiley. Yeah, Do- yeah, Wiley. Doctor, Doctor Carter from yep. ER. Are you telling me you've never had a meal since you've been here? No, sir. Uh, you three know, squares, three squares a day. A day. And, <laughs> yeah, he's great. Uh, and, you know, I, I, what I noticed about the Christopher movie, Guest, yes, as the, uh, the, as the, the doctor. doctor. And what I did notice was exceptional in this part when Kevin Bacon is questioning him about you know where it says in this book for a code red and this one. Tom Cruise doesn't miss a beat, pulls it up and shows it to him, and he you know, he knocked it out of the park with mm. that thing with the chow hall, the mess yeah, hall. Yeah. And you look at I never paid attention to Kevin Bacon's face on there but he was in awe by the way he did it yeah he smiled he gives a little smirk and when he goes back and tells him you know he's going to go after jessup somewhere in that scene he says you did a you know great job in court today on it and i like the mutual respect from them also i think i think they liked each other very much you know yeah i like that scene too where um kevin bacon is walking back to the table with the book and tom cruise in in the same motion is walking past him and grabs the book and does his thing did they just say that yeah no but no i mean i mean specifically (laughs) I mean specifically the the way he grabs the oh, book. Yeah. It's like it's almost like a dance move. Like how many takes do you think they did on that? Or yeah, it would be where they didn't drop the book. You know, for all you know, that could have been spontaneous too. Him just it was, gra- it him. was just very cool because we're watching the movie. I'm like I'm like oh I like when he, I like the way he grabs the book here and then and then he does it. I really enjoyed Kevin Bacon uh, in this, and it's such an understated role. But I kind of think it kind of realigned his career after this. I mean, oh yeah, absolutely. Because then he was in JFK, another great Kevin Bacon game uh, movie. <laughs> There was a couple of other um, secondary characters and actors that I wanted to talk about, too. Okay. So there's only one actor that was in the Broadway cast that also made it into the movie. Gary Bergdorf? No. Do you know no. why I'm saying Gary Bergdorf? Uh, that's Radar, isn't it? Right, who was also the only one that was in the original MASH movie and the TV show. Oh, okay. So I've been waiting all day to hit you with that one. Okay. But I assume you're talking about Josh Molina. I am. I am. A guy who uh, is a close friend of Aaron Sorkin, and he actually has done uh, a lot of Sorkin's projects, too. Sports Night. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in The American President. Yep. He was in this movie. He played Will Bailey on the, uh, I think, starting in the fourth season of The West Wing. Mm-hmm. Outstanding. And I must say that he has a podcast called The West Wing Weekly, which goes episode by episode. He, remember, he didn't come on until the fourth season. Okay. But it, they go episode by episode. They've been having guests and the actors on it. And I got to start watching that show. Uh, you I gotta watch it. You don't it. know what you're missing. I think I'm gonna really enjoy it because I love the American President. You said it's it's similar to that. The problem well, is just finding the time for another hour long show. You know, and there's like how many episodes of that? Like two hundred and something. I love The West Wing. I think I've said it a million times. I'm what, what, <laughs> just I, on the podcast. Yes. Yeah. What, what I say what I say about that is you want to talk about Aaron Sorkin. The level of writing on that show is sick. So, and then there's one other actor in the cast who's pretty important guy in the story. Is that Wolfgang Bodison? Yeah, the guy who plays Dawson. So my understanding is that Mr. Bodison was a location scout. You know, I'd read one time location scout and another time personal assistant to Rob Reiner, maybe one and the same, depending on what his, his role was. And they said he looked like such a Marine that they cast him as Dawson on it. And, you know, truthfully, played that to the nines. I mean, that was outstanding. That's what I was saying, too. You know, I at one point watching the movie... I paused the movie and I said, I want you to think of something while you're watching this guy. This guy was a location scout that Rob Reiner decided to put in the movie because he thought he looked like a Marine. How good is this guy? Also, how good is Rob Reiner to recognize that? Well, that's that's what a director does, I guess, right? You know, and it's funny. I feel bad saying the meathead, but I mean, you know, that, that <laughs> gets, I'm sure he gets it all the time. I mean, that's an iconic role. But oh, absolutely. I mean, what is he? He did the Princess Bride, right? I mean, oh, my God. The list of movies that Rob Reiner directed, Princess Bride, Spinal Tap, This, Stand By Me, When Harry Met Sally, 
Um, this is just off the top of my head. This the main question is: Can you name a bad Rob Reiner movie? No, some people would say North, but I, I even like that when I you saw know, it. That, years that's ago. with Elijah Wood, right? Yeah, I've never yeah. seen that, but I heard good things also. Yeah, Jason, I have to just pause for a second also because you know we you know out in Screen Facts Land, I feel like I've been on this show so many times that you know some of your people are my people. My good friend Adam Bronner, who mm-hmm. as we know very well is an avid listener, today told me he has never seen a few good men before. Dude. Yeah, I know, but I never saw Goonies, so I still haven't seen it, so... Dude, when are you going to watch the Goonies? I I already heard the screen facts. I know all about it. But you got to watch the movie. It's a fun movie. Listen, I actually would like to watch the Goonies. Yeah, it's good stuff. And and eventually I will. And it's amazing when you watch it, you're going to be like, wow, look at all those people that went on to have these great careers. All right, so here's a question I wanted to ask you, you being a lawyer. Wait, hold on. I'm taking my screen facts hat off. (laughs) Okay. I'm putting on my lawyer hat. And I'm sorry to do this on a night that you're not wearing a tie down here. Right. This is unusual, right? Yeah. You <laughs> Usually a, you come right from court. Right. I, I mean, I, I put a tie on for role models. <laughs> and if a, you're a good man, you're, you're dressed in normal street I'm wearing, I'm wearing jeans and a Spider-Man t-shirt. Yeah, exactly. But and that's it, okay, though. And it should be noted that you're wearing a Van Halen t-shirt. Yes, I was sir. one decision away from matching you today. That would have been really funny. But you know, I guess kind of normal, too. And listen, just so we, we keep the street, streak rolling, I could have worn a Kiss t-shirt, because if we don't That's mention right. Kiss in the podcast... <laughs> I worked Kiss into the Heat podcast last week. I, 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 I remember you did. <laughs> okay, so I was going to ask you about what I wanted to ask you. In the movie, there's kind of a, a little bit of a moral question. Well, gee, this kid dies because these guys uh, do the code red, but they were ordered to do the code red, so whose fault is it? Is it the, the commanding officer that gives them the order, or is it them for not knowing better than doing that? It's basically an enigma wrapped in a riddle. It's what came first, the chicken or the egg. I mean, you're thinking of the answer here. Remember, orders have to be followed. You know, or otherwise people die. People don't know. And exactly. Yeah. So the problem is, I think what happened in this, I'm sure the common practice was is the code red. And the majority of the code reds we talked about, Noel, Noel Wiley said that he got punched in the arm and, right. and, and things on here. It was an accident that he dies. Correct. And you know, and we saw things because remember, Dawson mm-hmm. gave the guy food when he was told not to. He didn't right. follow that order. So the prosecution could have spun it and said, listen, this is a guy who does whatever the hell he wants. Right. He's a loose cannon. Right. Order, and orders then the other not. guy, and the other guy, uh, what's his name? Downey? Yep. He, you know, he basically just follows Dawson. He, whatever well, he, Dawson tells him to do, he, he does. You saw that he was a pure drone, almost like a drone of him. I mean, whatever. Yeah, he was really uh, not the sharpest tool it, in the show. And actually played very well by the actor as yes, well. Yes, very good. We're talking about how. Whose fault is it that the kid died? Is it the guy, the commanding officer, who gives the, the order? Or is it the guy that actually follows through with the order? And the jury actually decided. Because they're found, here's the big spoiler, not guilty of the murder charges, but they are found guilty of... Conduct on becoming a Marine. And it was interesting. Remember at the end, he says, what does this mean? We do what we were told to do. And he says, it means we're not, we're not Marines anymore. We were supposed to take care of people who couldn't defend themselves. We were right. supposed to defend Willie. That's a great fucking line, man. Oh, it's outstanding. And, and, and again, delivered by this first-time actor. P.S., he still has a very vibrant career. I looked him up. He's still working a lot nowadays. So well, it's not like, you know, this was a one-shot deal for him and then that was it. I wonder if it's the kind of thing where you look back and you can imagine how many times you've probably seen him in other things and not realized it. Yeah. I think the good things about this movie is that this is a wonderful piece of cinematography. Absolutely. This is something, if you talk about, you would send up movies in a you know, spaceship into outer space for somebody else to find. <laughs> this is a- Like tr- a time capsule kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, this is a, I know, something kind of, some sort of a capsule. <laughs> this, this is some sort of a movie that I think really represents the best of the best. Mm-hmm. I just want to say one thing that really, really made me enjoy this movie at the end. You know when you rewatch these things to talk about them, you notice stuff? 
I loved when it was over. They put on the screen the end. Yeah, that's like that's an old school. <laughs> it's kind totally of thing. old school. There was something about that that really yeah. um, isolated this movie. I think that that might have been uh, some sort of a homage to like maybe Twelve Angry Men or something like that. Absolutely. A lot of times with dramas, they're good once for me. They don't necessarily work for repeated viewing like comedies do for me. This is a movie I can watch anytime and enjoy it. Like Shawshank Redemption. 100%. I wanted to make one more point about how great of a director Rob Reiner is too. There's a couple of shots in this movie. Uh, The one thing in in particular that comes to mind is right in the beginning of the movie when they're kind of showing all of the the greatness of the Marines when they're showing like all the guys in full dress uniform with the guns doing the exercise. That's so cool. Remarkable. That I agree. Just the, the way the movements, the orchestrated movements with the footsteps and, mm-hmm. and the rifles was outstanding. Yeah, there's a lot of great, you know, setup shots to, to kind of really hammer home how solid the Marines are, you know? Absolutely. So it's a, um, I think we picked a good one to talk about here. Absolutely. Blazer, thanks for coming in again. I, I appreciate it. And thanks to you for listening. And please don't forget to like the Facebook page. As I mentioned before, it's facebook.com slash screenfacts. You can leave your comments there, your questions. You can tweet me at Jason Davis Voice. You can also email screenfacts at yahoo.com. Blazer, why don't we uh, do a quick plug of your website like Thank we always you. do. You can find me at www.burklaw.com. You can also follow me at Twitter at Burke Law Brian. Um, as you know, Jason, I'm a criminal defense and DWI attorney, and I represent people in the state of New York and Rockland County where I live, people charged with DWIs, any crime. You also, by the way, um, handle speeding ticket defenses too, I do right? a lot of speeding tickets. Yes, I do. Yeah, that's probably a, a big thing in, in you know on the highways up uh, in Rockland County. Yeah, so. you know, we have the New York State Thruway. We have the right. Dallas States Parkway, a lot of streets. We have a lot of police up there, so it happens. Yeah, and let's spell the website too. It's B-E-R-K-L-A-W. Yeah, so check that out. And if you enjoy the show, please help us out. You can rate and comment on iTunes. And if you want to go even further than that and really show your love for the show by advertising for us, you can buy a ScreenFacts t-shirt or hoodie on the podcast page of jasondavisvoice.com. Show theme music by audionautics.com. Thanks to wickedradionetwork.com and our announcer, Kim, from kimsvoice.com. You can't handle the truth! Screen Facts with Jason Davis is a production of Jason Davis VoiceOver. Visit jasondavisvoice.com if you need a voice for a commercial, narration, promo, internet video, e-learning or training program, and more. Click on the podcast page to get information about where you can download and listen to past episodes. Listen again next Wednesday for a new episode of Screen Facts with Jason Davis.